No Ian tonight on this Super Wednesday as we head towards Super Bowl 58. Instead, we have three times Super Bowl champ and father of Christian McCaffrey, Ed McCaffrey, in yeah, tonight with me. us. That's not me. We, we, also, we also have Jonathan Zaslow here. Yeah. So. Wow. I mean, what a letdown. <laughs> I mean, His resume is so much more impressive than mine. You do have a couple rings from the Miami Heat when you were a broadcaster for that them. When they How won about that, Ed? I got a couple rings as a championship broadcaster. I mean, you got three as a player, but it's only one more than me. It's only one more. Yeah, and you know what? You have one more as a broadcaster than I have because I got one for the Denver Broncos Super Bowl 50 victory. All right, so then you have four total. So then you have um, four. That didn't make me feel better. You have four now is what you're saying. How cool is it, though, that we got one for broadcasting? I almost felt guilty, but everywhere we went in the NFL, all the other NFL teams would show their rings, and all the teams would get their broadcast team uh, a ring. And in in Denver, they hadn't done it. So the year I got it was the first year that the broadcasters got rings. So thank you, John Elway. Thank you, Denver Broncos. Um, you know, I'm very proud of that one. wasn't the same as playing, but I have it nonetheless, and I brag about it. And I have four well, boys, and I told them, hey, I'm leaving all of you guys a ring. So thank goodness I got one as a broadcaster. Well, that's interesting <laughs> that you felt a little bit guilty about taking one as a broadcaster because I felt zero guilt taking two. None. No guilt whatsoever. <laughs> well, you know what? I felt less guilty because I, I broadcast Super Bowl Forty Eight where the Seattle Seahawks, I heard you talking about that earlier in the show, where the Seahawks just obliterated the Denver Broncos, and we had to sit mm-hmm. on the plane afterwards. And oh. uh, it was like a snowstorm, if you remember that one, that was at Met, MetLife in New York, in New Jersey. And uh, we sat on the tarmac for like five hours. Imagine oh. your team loses, you get destroyed, some coaches aren't going to be back, some players aren't going to be back. You're, you can't joke or laugh, right? They just lost a Super Bowl. You'll get you know kicked off the plane. Uh, and out of respect, you, you can't even smile. So you're just, oh, just for five hours, miserably sitting on that plane. So the next year, I'm like, you know what? For putting me through that, I had to sit around. You guys were depressed. I was depressed. Um, we sat on the tarmac for five hours. Um, and so, yeah, I, I felt less guilty after that experience. Oh, that is such a bad scenario oh, on that plane because you as someone who didn't play, you're like, all right, nobody better say anything remotely funny around me because I'm not going to be the guy that cracks a smile right now. That's a rough spot. You right could there, cut the tension with a knife. It's like if one guy accidentally chuckles Right. There might be a there might be a fist fight like that. That was the intensity, and I'm talking like you heard rumors like a player went to the other team's party, and then coaches were getting in, and like, oh my gosh, I'm not saying a word. I'm just going to look down, not even laugh at the movie I'm watching. Like out of respect to everybody, there's no smiles, no laughter. It was the most miserable flight I've ever taken. But you did get one as a broadcaster. I don't, even his stories of, of being a championship-winning broadcaster, Zaslow, kind of trump yours. So I don't know. I feel, yeah, like, yeah. Well, yeah. I feel like his ring case is just winning uh, in every single way. If Christian wins a Super Bowl ring on Sunday, you'll have to leave him one day. I guess the broadcaster one, right? <laughs> the I'm, other hoping, he, yeah, I'm hoping he gets his own. You won't have to worry about it. Maybe I'll get to keep there one of those go. suckers. I don't know. Take there it with me. Go. Who knows? <laughs> there you go. Exactly. All right. Let's switch gears here because we were having a conversation around Justin Fields. If, in fact, Chicago keeps the number one overall pick, drafting probably Caleb Williams, then what do they do with their quarterback? They're going to have to trade him away. And Adam Schefter was on Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago, and he was asked what they could get in return. Take a listen. Do you believe they would get a second-round pick for Justin Fields? Definitely. 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 I think think they might get a one. Really? I do, yeah. 
Who may be willing to give up that one if you had to spin the wheel and make it stop somewhere? Well, just look at all the teams need quarterbacks. Put them all on a piece of paper. <laughs> and, I mean, you, 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 you give me a team that quarterback. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, not quite far. It's not quite that, you know. Right. Just, it's not that simple. Yeah. We've been going through the team. So we went through all the teams in the AFC. We came up with one team we felt confident would be part of those conversations or really interested, which was the Las Vegas Raiders, with an honorable mention there for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We mentioned there's there's teams like the New England Patriots who need a quarterback, but they have the third overall pick. It'd probably be advantageous for them to take one of these rooks in the draft because it's a good quarterback class coming out of the draft. So really, there weren't any many takers at all in the AFC. Let's go through the NFC real quick. The Dallas Cowboys. For me, that's a hard no. 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 They're going to end up. Yeah. No. All right. Pass. The, the Eagles. No. Pass. No. Right. No. Uh, the Giants. Still no. Really? Uh, I'm still, just right away? No? Like not even a little right thought away, there? No. Daniel, Daniel Jones will get healthy. He'll come back. They paid him a ton of money. He was hurt okay. this year. It was one of the reasons they failed. Look, add some talent around him. Uh, improve your O-line. Bring in some skilled guys. And okay. go back with your quarterback and compete. That, that, that's, that's what I'm I think that. will happen. I mean, who knows? Okay. Yeah. Who knows? But that's what I, I, I think, think will happen. I also think they'd have a hard time right now getting out out of the under uh, getting out from under that Danny Dimes contract. So I, I think that that's part of it because there are some health concerns there as well. The Washington Commanders. Uh, I go yes no because they have well. I go no because they have such a high draft pick. Like yep. they want to use the pick. Oh, that's true. They've got the second overall pick. I yeah. About so that. no, no for them. So, yeah, Look, if any of these right. teams with top pick, whether it's Washington, New England, right, if, if you believe, say Caleb Williams goes first. I mean, he, it seems like he's going to be the guy that's first off the board. And I'm going to assume all those rumors we heard about him not wanting to play for Chicago, I'm going to assume they're false. But I don't know. I mean, we're, sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire. We know John, John Elway did it, and Eli mm-hmm. Manning did it. So if there's, for some reason, Chicago doesn't have a great history with quarterbacks having a lot of success. So if, if it is true... Anything can happen. They could trade away that pick. But for Washington, for New England, if you like Drake May out of North Carolina, if you like Jaden Daniels out of LSU, if you like Penix, Bo Nix, one of these other guys, if you really like them, you can get them. And you got them on a rookie contract, and you can pay other positions. So I think that's what those teams are going to do, unless you really don't like a guy. You're going to at least go three deep, right? Almost every draft board in this draft, and they might not be in the same order, most of those teams with a top pick are going to have three guys that they like. And, you know, maybe they don't get their number one, but they're, they're, they can deal with number two or number three. They think they can win with them, lock them up on a rookie deal, and, and, and go compete. We had Matt Miller on the other day, ESPN's NFL draft analyst, and he had in his latest mock the first four picks all being quarterbacks in this draft. There's a lot of quarterback talent in this draft, so there's certainly choices. I tend to agree with you, Ed, that they would probably exercise one of those options instead. Uh, The Detroit Lions, that's a no. The Green Bay Packers, that's a no. The Minnesota Vikings. Uh, That's interesting. That's possible. I still say no. I still say Vikings no. For a while there, the for a while there, we haven't got to this team yet, so I don't want to, you know, get ahead of ourselves here. For a while there, there was this rumor out there that Kirk Cousins was going to get traded to Atlanta. Bill Belichick was going to be the head coach. Yeah, and then you know Minnesota mm-hmm. would be without a quarterback. That ship has sailed. So um, I don't think so. And Kirk and, but, Cousins, but you don't think so because you think Cousins is going to be back in Minnesota. I think there's a good chance he'll be back. Okay. It's starting to look that way. Uh, I heard that from somebody else today on our airwaves. It's, it's starting to feel like 
Cousins is going to end up back in Minnesota. I also have a hard time uh, thinking about those two teams. Trading him away within the division, that seems impossible uh, that's to me. That's a good point. That's a good the point. Tampa, the Tampa Bay Bucks to me, that's probably a no. I'd stick with Baker no. and the Bucks. Oh, no. Yep. The New Orleans Saints. Uh, probably no. Probably. I don't know. I could probably be convinced the other way. Uh, I'm going to say no, no, but you ha- you did have me thinking. I'm like, hmm. yeah. But yeah. for so some reason, I'm just going to go with my gut and say no. And also, I think there's other teams that maybe uh, maybe are more attractive to him, and that he and that and that would want him a little bit more. So I don't think New Orleans would win in a bidding war for him. I think that the Raiders are one of the teams. I think. We'll get to him. You know, the Falcons are another team. He has two coaches that coached him that are the offensive coordinators for those two teams. So it, that doesn't necessarily mean that's where he's going. But sometimes when I watch teams hire coaches and then I look mm-hmm. at the people they've coached before and I'm like, they hired these OCs and they just happen to coach Justin Fields. And then, right. uh, you know, Chicago's getting rid of Justin Fields. Sometimes I feel like maybe they know more than I do. Like maybe things are happening here for a reason. They're lining things up to compete for his services. And I think there's a possibility that's happened. Not to take anything away from these coordinators, but, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, we've seen it happen with the New York Jets, right? They hire Hackett. Aaron Rodgers is going there. They want someone that's coached him and that feels comfortable with them, regardless of what happened. Rodgers goes down four plays into it, and uh, the season was difficult for them. But I don't know. There's some, there's, there's a hard. You see Washington here. with Kingsbury, harbinger. right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right? If you're connecting the right? tea leaves, people think, oh, the commanders, they hired. Cliff Kingsbury because of his connection to Caleb Williams and maybe they're going to try to move up to that number one if Chicago ends up trading away that number one pick instead. Atlanta, I think we all agree, uh, would be a hot contender like Ed just suggested uh, if they're trading him within the conference. Carolina's out. San Francisco's out. Uh, The Rams are out. Maybe the Seahawks. Uh, I I mean, Arizona's out. uh, Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, I think mean, Atlanta so we, is a big destination. I think Atlanta. I mean, it's very basically possible. Atlanta is the only team with like kind of trepidation with New Orleans, but it's basically Atlanta if they're trading him in conference, and if they're trading him to the AFC, there's only one or two teams that would be part of that conversation. It's pretty remarkable when you really think about it. Yeah, but you know what? I don't think it matters when we talk about trains AFC or NFC. You don't want to trade him in a division. I get right. that. But otherwise, trading him to another NFC team, you got to do what's best for your team, where you can get the most compensation. So I don't think trading him in the conference is a big deal. You don't want to trade him in the division, of course. Yeah, that's why I think Minnesota is definitely out. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian with Ed McCaffrey and Jonathan Zaslow in tonight for Ian. Will Brock Purdy be to Kyle Shanahan what Patrick Mahomes has been for Andy Reid. We'll explain. That's next on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. 
With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. It is Super Week here on ESPN Radio. Ian Fitzsimmons is out tonight. He's taking care of some family stuff. Jonathan Zaslow is in. So is Ed McCaffrey. Three-time Super Bowl winner. Four-time, actually, Super Bowl winner, as we established earlier, because he won one as a broadcaster. So four-time. Yeah, I want you to start introducing me as (laughs) two-time champion broadcaster. Okay? (laughs) I I don't know about that one. Four-time Super Bowl winner. Also father of Christian McCaffrey, Ed McCaffrey. uh, Kind enough to hang out and fill in for Ian as well. So, guys. Jeff Saturday, our ESPN NFL analyst, he was on Get Up, and he said something really interesting this morning about what Brock Purdy could mean to Kyle Shanahan, comparing Brock Purdy to Patrick Mahomes. Take a listen. This could be his Patrick Mahomes, right, for Andy Reid. And I say it this way. He couldn't get over the hump at Andy Reid. He was 11-13 and 13 before Mahomes comes in. Now, Mahomes takes it and elevates this thing. So if they found their guy, I mean, he went all in on him. Shanahan went all in on Purdy. He's your guy. All of a sudden, you win the Super Bowl. You now become what Andy Reid was six years ago to what Shanahan now is a Super Bowl champion who's gone twice and with two different teams. It didn't sound as crazy as I thought it was going to because I initially just saw the the headline and on the Twitterverse I saw that Jeff Saturday thinks that Brock Purdy could be Patrick Mahomes, right? Which is obviously clickbait. I think he's just saying in the sense that it's the key to getting him over the hump because we're talking about a coach in Andy Reid that got there. He kind of had that reputation of not actually being able to win the big one in the biggest moment until he paired up with Patrick Mahomes and Kyle Shanahan has a little bit of that as well as Oslo. Yeah, I, I think it's a little exaggerated what he's saying there. It's, it's not this huge hump that Kyle Shanahan has been trying to get over all these years. You know, Andy Reid had all those years in Philly and was not able to get over the hump, only got to the Super Bowl one time and they lost. And then his first few years in Kansas City had Alex Smith and they they made the playoffs year after year, but wasn't quite able to get to that next level. This was through a long coaching career. And then Mahomes finally was able to win one with Andy Reid. Kyle Shanahan is still really early on in his coaching year. This isn't exactly a long-suffering head coach who's, you know, can he finally win the big one? You know what I'm saying, Ed? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I, look, I'm, I hesitate to ever compare a young quarterback, whether they're coming out of college or even a quarterback that's had as much success as Brock Purdy and has proven that he's an elite player, to a guy that's been in, you know, four Super Bowls, won a couple Super Bowls. Um, you know, just... 
when they used to compare guys to Joe Montana, I'm like, that's the kiss of death, man. Don't compare some young quarterback to Joe Montana. Guy's got to win four Super Bowls just to live up to expectations. Don't compare him to Tom Brady. Don't compare him to Peyton Manning, right? Hey, you know what? Just evaluate their game, and uh, you know their legacy will take care of itself. Right now, Patrick Mahomes is the most accomplished current player in the league, in the NFL. He just is, right? He's won the most Super Bowls. He's done phenomenal things. He, he's such a phenomenal player. Um, Brock Purdy's a phenomenal player. So I understand the comparison. I, I hesitate to bring up the names of other great quarterbacks with a young quarterback. But to your point, you know, um, Patrick Mahomes didn't play his first year. You're right. He backed up Alex Smith. He played his second year and was the NFL MVP. Um, it was impressive. It was Arguably, his best year of his career was the second year of his career. Threw for over 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns there. It was insane. Um, and he was on a great team with a great coach, and it was like magical, right? It was magical. Like all of a sudden, Andy Reid put this great team together and now has this quarterback that he can win a Super Bowl with. Uh, who's been a two-time MVP and has won two Super Bowls for him and got him in a bunch of other Super Bowls. And so I understand the comparison because Brock Purdy is an MVP candidate this year. He's up for MVP. I don't know if he'll win it or not, but regardless, he made the list of MVP candidates, which tells you he's at that level in only his second year in the league. He's got his team to a Super Bowl in only his second year in the league. You're right, Kyle Shannon already got a team to a Super Bowl and has won a lot of games before Brock Purdy became the quarterback, but it's pretty. it feels like to your average fan and media member, you're watching this, you're like, this feels kind of magical. It feels like the connection is finally there. And I can tell you this, they, the, the coaches, Kyle Shanahan and the rest of the coaches, and, jo- and um, you know John Lynch, they believed in Brock Purdy way before he became the starter. I mean, you heard this week Kyle Shanahan being interviewed and Jed York being interviewed and yeah. Jed saying, yeah, Kyle told me Brock was the best quarterback on the team. That was when he was running with the third team. Like, yeah. So they, it's not like they, they feel like they lucked into it. They identified him, believed in him, felt that way about him before he was the starter, and they have been proven. He has proven them right time and time again. I understand what Jeff was trying to do here, but – I really hate the idea of comparing anybody to Patrick Mahomes, right? And it's the, it, we're doing the thing with Patrick Mahomes, Ed, that you just said when you said the name Joe Montana or the name Tom Brady, because those are the guys now that Patrick Mahomes gets compared to, which is not entirely fair, obviously, to Patrick. However, we are at that point in his career where anybody in this generation – doesn't need to be compared to him. He's the best quarterback in the league right now. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. And so then people feel this need to go outside of the generation to the all-time greatest. And that feels premature because we have an entire career that we can compare it to. We have an entire body of work. With Patrick Mahomes, we certainly don't. So I I don't like the comparison game, but I certainly don't like doing it to Brock Purdy here. I, I just don't like the idea of... Brock Purdy, who has had a hell of a run here over two short seasons in his career, and here we are with him in a Super Bowl. It's been unbelievable to watch. We all know the story of where he got drafted. It's a great story, even if it ends with a loss on Sunday. It's a great story any way you cut it. He's had a ton of success. He doesn't need to be compared to Patrick Mahomes. He's doing it his own way. And those comparisons, I I don't think that – that magical feeling even needs to necessarily be the same as the one that we got when we saw Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes do it for the first time. It can stand alone. These things can stand alone in their own greatness. And this story with Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy is a heck of a story's ass. 
Yeah, and, and Ed, I wonder where you stand on this, you know, as someone who obviously knows a little bit about what's going on with Brock Purdy because your son is playing next to him. Um, the, 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 the conversation around Purdy is, is so interesting to me because if he was a top pick in the draft last year and he gets to the NFC Championship game in his rookie year and then gets the Super Bowl in his second even if he loses the Super Bowl, even if he doesn't play well in the Super Bowl in his second year, the reaction would all be, he's a franchise quarterback. This is why he was selected at the top of the draft. He's on his way. Amazing start to his career. Heck, we, we saw it with Joe Burrow in his second year in the league. He got to the Super Bowl. And, and I don't want to compare him to Joe Burrow, but you see, if, you, if you're a high pick and you have this kind of success early on, it's exactly what you were supposed to do. But because Brock Purdy was the last pick in the draft, I feel like there's all this pressure on him to win this game, to show everybody that he's worthy of this kind of praise, when, to me, it's just it's it's a product of where he was drafted, which has people still doubting him. And that doesn't seem very fair that it's just because people were wrong about him heading into the NFL draft, you know? Yeah, I think, I think it's asinine. It's absolutely asinine. Why does it matter where you were drafted? I don't like it uh, when you take either side of the argument. So, like, I don't like it when you judge a player who wasn't drafted. Can we – Can we? enough of the Mr. Irrelevant, right? The, the guy was 5-0, and was an incredible player last year. Uh, they went on a huge streak into the playoffs, into the championship game before he got hurt, and he played phenomenally well last year as a rookie. Then this year he played well. I don't like it when they say uh, the best – player at this position for an undrafted player either what who cares if you're undrafted it's like the playoffs once you make an NFL team it's zero zero you made the team now all that counts is what you do in the league absolutely I'm with you on that front I mean I think that the only way that the Mr. Irrelevant conversation matters is just because it's cool I, I still think yeah, it's cool like if he to, wins to, a to Super Bowl here cool and he goes story. from Mr. Irrelevant to Super Bowl MVP I mean that's yeah, that's just such a cool story. That is in the Kurt Warner category of coolest stories in NFL history and in Super Bowl history. So from that perspective, I don't mind when people talk about where he's drafted, but only in the context of the coolness and the greatness of it all, not to degrade him in any way. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, are the Chiefs already a dynasty? We'll get into that next. ESPN Radio is also available to you on the ESPN app. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. 
S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Super Bowl 58. Chiefs. 49ers. Touchdown, Kansas City. All the news. The analysis. The predictions. And reaction from the Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers. Oh, a spectacular grab by Debo Samuel. Super Bowl 58. Coverage continues right here on ESPN Radio. Rolling along here on Amber and Ian on Super Week. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. Two-time champion broadcaster Jonathan Zaslow yeah. sitting in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. Four-time Super Bowl champion Ed McCaffrey also yeah. sitting in for Ian tonight. <laughs> also father of Christian McCaffrey who's playing in a Super Bowl on Sunday. So anyway, you cut it, Zaz. His resume, a little bit better than yours. Now... Ed and I are just getting to know one another, so I'm not going to give him a hard time for this. But Zaslo, you and I go back almost a decade. We hosted a local show together for many years in Miami. James Steele and I have been working together now for a very long time as well. Neither of you, not okay, excuse you. Neither of you have wished me a happy National Girls and Women in Sports Day. Wow, I mean, as as you started to say that, and you said none of you have wished me a happy. like, it went through my brain for one second. Oh, my God, what did I miss? For, like, a split second, I thought I was about to be in trouble. I, I, I can't keep track of all the happy national days, Amber. I'm sorry. I, I just I, – you, you got to give me a heads up. Zaz, you remember when uh, she, like, kind of refused to wish me a happy Veterans Day a couple months back? Oh, uh, yes, I do amazing. remember that. So, I don't I think do you remember be complaining that. there. Okay, that's a good point about you. Thank you. We did a Veterans Day show. James Steele is a vet. Uh, Thank you for your service. And I could tell it was driving him nuts that I I did not thank him for his service. So we went through like the entire Veterans Day show with uh, until the very end, and then I finally gave him. And he was so Ed. He was so (laughs) aggravated. He was just waiting. Like, when are they going to thank me? For my service. He was so aggravated. Just her, really, because like I have to put up with her every day. So I, that's the least she can do, right? Ed, every time during that show, every time James would start to get close to the microphone, like he was ready. I'd be going through names of veterans, thanking them, and James would start coming towards the microphone because he thought it would be his moment. <laughs> but ready. I would just never get He was to ready. <laughs> well, you know what? Thank you for your service and happy National no, 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 Day. <laughs> well, women's yeah, right. Sports Day. Girls and women in sports. Girls and women in sports. There you go. All right, there happy girls and yeah. women in sports. Thank, day. thank you, you. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it, guys. Yeah. I appreciate it. All right. So Mike Greenberg, uh, he works in sports as well, and he said on Greeny today it's a that great the Chiefs, description of who he is. <laughs> he works in sports. I didn't know how to segue. There you go. Uh, he said that the Chiefs are not yet a dynasty, but they could become one on Sunday. Take a listen. Three is the ante, I guess what I'm trying to say. Like, if you want to sit at the table, you have to have three rings to put in the center because there's the Cleveland Browns, the Green Bay Packers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the San Francisco 49ers, the Dallas Cowboys, and the New England Patriots. There's six. Are you willing to put the Chiefs at that table with those teams? Oh, man, that's hard for me to argue with. Ed, that's hard That's hard to argue with for me that one more and they become a dynasty. Well, there's only what? Is there six teams? I lose count now. I know I got to be, play on one of them that have won back-to-back Super Bowls and then only a few teams uh, that have won um, more than that in any you know short period of time. 
Uh, does there have to be only four or five dynasties? Can there be more dynasties? How strict are we on this definition? I'd say you get to four or five Super Bowls and win a couple. Uh, that's a dynasty. Was Dallas a dynasty back in the 70s when Pittsburgh yeah, usually I got the so. best of them? But they won a couple, right? But Pittsburgh won more. So, you know, if Dallas was that type of dynasty, then why would – I mean, I don't think the Chiefs need to win the Super Bowl to be considered a dynasty based off of that definition. I mean, if you say you have to win four with the same group of guys, then – that's a different story, but come on. I mean, I, w- I would say they've already reached that status. They've dominated their division forever. The Broncos hadn't beat them since 2015 up till this year. Um, they've been to the Super Bowl multiple times, won a couple, have you know a future Hall of Fame coach and quarterback and tight end, and I, I think they already fit the description. I don't even think they have to win to be considered a dynasty. Seven teams, I'm by the way, have won back-to-back Super Bowls. It's happened. Eight times, seven different teams. Go ahead, Saz. I I lean toward agreeing with Ed there. And I don't think there's one specific definition. Now, I do think if your team wins three in a short span, I think that definitely qualifies you. But like what Ed was saying there, even if the Chiefs lose this game this weekend, you're talking four Super Bowl appearances in five years. Even if they only won two of those, Four sewer appearances in five years, I think qualifies for a dynasty. So I, I, I think I think the line moves. I, I think there are multiple definitions, and they're qualifying for either one of the, either definition that I just put in front of you guys. They're qualifying for both of them with just appearing in the game this weekend. I don't know if I disagree. I was originally thinking that I was leaning towards the way of Greeny where they have to win one more and then we can have the dynasty conversation. Obviously, they have to do it either this season or next season to be in that dynasty conversation. But I tend to agree with both of you. They've had the four I think what also adds to it too, by the way, Amber, is the, the quarterback. Time. Right, because well, I, I, and I as long as it's the same to iteration, too. As the quarterback yeah. and coach, to me, are key. Because if we're talking dynasty, you can't be turning over the key players on your team, right? But if it's Patrick Mahomes, if it's Travis Kelsey, if it's Andy Reid, if it's the faces of this team and they look the same and they're there four times in five years, even if they've lost some of them, then yeah. Well, let me throw ah. this out there, right? A dynasty is a sequence of rulers from the same family, right? So we think of dynasties in sports as a team that kept the same, most of the same guys together, right? Head coach, quarterback. That's the couple family. Of the same players. Yeah. That's the fa- what if we think even bigger picture? What if, what if we talk? I'm hoping we're talking about this next week, right? What if we talk Shanahan dynasty, like Mike Shanahan, who won three Super Bowls, once as a coordinator with the Niners, two with the Broncos, Coached Gary Kubiak, who went on to win a Super Bowl. Coached LaFleur, who's coaching that. Coached uh, McVay in L.A., who went on to win a Super Bowl. If Kyle wins a Super Bowl, now we're talking a coach who technically, even if the coach is wow. the coach under him, his name aren't Shanahan, we're talking about a coach whose coaching tree has won yeah. multiple Super Bowls over generations. I, I think that's an interesting story because every time they put up Mike Shanahan's coaching tree, I'm blown away. It's like Raheem Morris, D'Amico Ryans. You know, you got Gary Kubiak won a Super Bowl, and McVay won a Super Bowl, and Kyle's been to a couple. He's in another one. If he wins again, it's like that coaching tree is producing. I don't know what the other coaching trees are looking like, but I find it hard to believe there's too many that have that many successful coaches that have gone on to win Super Bowl. So in, in that context of family, meaning coaches that have coached together, that have gone on to win Super Bowls either for the same team or even different teams, it's a, you know, a different kind of dynasty. It's not necessarily the same team, but I don't know. It's interesting to look at. We'll see. Time will tell. 
No, that's it's a great point. Look, we, we, you know, you talk about the Belichick coaching tree. Everyone who coached under him, they go on and they flop. But to, it reminds me, didn't Holmgren have a similar coaching tree like you're talking about? Where didn't he in 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 Green Bay? Didn't he produce Gruden, who ended up winning a Super Bowl? He had uh, uh, I know Mariucci was under him. He didn't win. There was uh, another uh, Andy Reid was under him as well at one point, right? Obviously, Super like Holmgren had that type of coaching tree as well, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. He had a lot of pretty phenomenal coaches that he coached with. And, God, I mean, this is so fun to do. You look back, you can date that back to Bill Walsh, who coached Sam Weish and Bruce Coslett, and George Seifert, who was the head coach of the 49ers in 1994. Mm-hmm. They're less sober. Then Denny Green was under Walsh, who was my coach at Stanford. Brian Billick, who won a Super Bowl, is in that tree. Mike Smith, Mike Tice, Scott Lehman. But then you get to Holmgren. And then, you know, Mariucci and Morningweg. And then Gruden was under uh, Holmgren. And uh, Mike Tomlin is in that tree. Raheem Morris is also kind of in that tree. Andy Reid in the tree. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, it goes on and on and on. So, but there's only, there's only a handful of coaches, I think, in NFL history that have, have had multiple head coaches go on to win Super Bowls. Not, I mean, there's, there's a few that have had very successful uh, head coaches that are in their trees, but to actually go on and play in and win multiple Super Bowls. Only a handful of guys that have ever ever coached that you can know, say that. You know, you may be able to help us out here, Ed, because Amber and I were talking about this before you jumped on with us. If, if Kyle Shanahan wins this weekend, has there ever been a father-son head coaching duo who both have won the Super Bowl? I As can't imagine. Like, we were trying to think I, about yeah. it, and I, I don't think there's anyone one. else. I can't imagine that's ever happened. I don't think the league, the league's barely been around long enough for that to even, to happen, right? So I would have point, to say yeah. no. I, I, don't think, I don't think that's possible. I think I would have heard about it. There's been brothers that have coached. There's been fathers and sons that have coached, but coached the same team in, in win a Super Bowl. No, no, Mike Shannon wasn't head coach same of the staff. 49ers, but he was offensive well, he, he coordinator. Was yeah. But um, no, of course, no, no. But in Denver, I'm talking about. Like, it doesn't have to be the same yeah. team. Just, just in general, yeah. like he, father, son, both won as head coach. I don't think it's ever happened. It's never yeah. happened. I don't. Think now, my so. question, no. my question is: Are the McCaffreys then going to be a dynasty? Because Ed and Christian, if Christian wins on Sunday, if your son wins on Sunday, Ed, you and your son will become just the second father-son duo to win Super Bowl titles with the same team, both doing it with the San Francisco 49ers. That's pretty cool. I think there's been seven father-son duos that have won Super Bowls overall. You're in red Yeah, we're, see- we're seeing more and more um, players have kids that grow up and end up playing. They fall in love with the game at an early age, and they, they're coached well at an earlier age, and they, they end up making it. I think that's so cool. Uh, Steve Diossi and his son were, were the other group that won. They won with the New York Giants, and Steve was a linebacker and long snapper, and his son was a long snapper who won a couple of Super Bowls with New York. But Steve was my teammate when I played in New York. So it just the, this football world seems so small to me. Every team I yeah. know somebody, and uh, either the coaches or the coaches' kids or kids that I coached or friends of my kids. and um, It's just unbelievable. But, yeah, that that's, you know, pretty cool company to be in. You know, it doesn't happen yeah. very often. In this case, I guess it's happened once before. 
I mean, it's pretty cool on this 49ers team. You know, this could happen for two father-son duos because Mike Shanahan as an OC winning one with the 49ers. Now Kyle Shanahan could win one as a head coach. He was your OC when you were there, Ed McCaffrey. You win a Super Bowl with the 49ers. Now your son, Christian McCaffrey, could win a Super Bowl with the 49ers. That's amazing. You're blowing my mind. There's so, there's so many. That's really, clothes. really cool. It's just life yeah. comes full circle. You know, like how you yeah. said Christian was crawling around in the Super Bowl confetti. And now here we are. Maybe the Super Bowl confetti will be raining down on him on Sunday. That's pretty, pretty cool. Ed McCaffrey, Jonathan Zaslow filling in tonight for Ian Fitzsimmons. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, we will continue to look ahead to Super Bowl 58. Amber and Ian is on ESPN Radio. Super Bowl 58, Chiefs, 49ers. Touchdown, Kansas City. All the news, the analysis, the predictions, and reaction from the Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers. Oh, a spectacular grab by Debo Samuel. Super Bowl 58. Coverage continues right here on ESPN Radio. Coverage does begin and continue right here on ESPN Radio. Super Bowl 58. We are just days away to Super Bowl week obviously Wednesday is when it really starts feeling like things heat up like there's nobody really there on Monday Tuesday people start sprinkling in a little bit more Wednesday it feels like things get serious I know the players their schedules get more serious Ed McCaffrey he's hanging out tonight he knows a little something about that three-time Super Bowl champion also father of Christian McCaffrey of course playing in a Super Bowl himself on Sunday Ed from a parent perspective since this is your first time doing this as a parent obviously you've been there as a player but as a parent this week are you attending the parties? Like, what's what's on the schedule as we make yeah. our way till Sunday? You're already there in a hotel room right now in Vegas hanging out with us. You know what? I ran into a couple of my former teammates uh, today, and so I might stop by and say hi, but I'm not a, I'm not a big partier. You know, I'll go say hello, um, you know, talk for a little bit, and then head home. I get up early uh, every morning. I'm on Radio Row every day. I'm kind of working. I have a couple of events to go to. I'm trying to stay as busy as I can to not think about the game constantly. So thank you guys for giving me a couple hours of a reprieve. We can talk ball and keeps me busy. And then I'm tired at the end of the day and, and fall asleep at night. So, uh, But, yeah, you know, Lisa and I might go out and say hello to a few people tonight, but I am not a late-night person at all. We'll, we'll be cashing it in early. So, so Ed, what's, what's the cutoff this week with Christian? You know, because he, he's got to be so focused. Is he? If you were to call him tonight, is he picking up, or is it, hey, radio silence, let me do my thing? Oh, no. You know, we talk to him every day, but, um, you know, at the end of the day for a few minutes, just make sure everything's good to go. Let him know we're thinking about him. But, he, you know, he he uh, got dialed in last Tuesday. They had like two days to take care of all the travel plans, hand out tickets, take care of the families. And uh, he said, look, I want you guys to have a great experience. But after today, I'm just letting you know I'm getting dialed in. You don't need to stay at the team hotel. I'll, you know. If we see each other, great, but I'm getting dialed in. I'll see you after the game. And, but we talk on the phone and text. And But, no, he's got a job to do. He, this is a business trip. This isn't fun and games for him. It's, you know, he's dialed in. Do you know where Does your he... seats do – oh, I'm sorry, Amber. Do you, do you know where your seats are for the game? I do. Yeah, we have some pretty good seats. We have some pretty okay. good seats for the game. So, God, the 49ers do such an incredible job of taking care of the players and their families, from bringing a charter out to flying everyone in to giving the players an opportunity to purchase tickets for their family if they need them, which is very generous. 
And uh, Christian, you know, last week on Tuesday, he said, look, guys, I, I asked for the maximum that they'll give us. I purchased them all. I'm going to hand them over to what you. What a good want, son. Yeah, How about I want that? you to have a good experience. And he said, but after today, this was last Tuesday, I'm out of the ticket business. So you guys have a great time. This is but it. I, I, I got a job to do. Here you go. He was very generous. And um, and so obviously Olivia made some calls to find us a seat because we wanted to keep our whole family together. And, you know, these tickets are pricey and there's it's hard to get seats together. And so luckily she made a couple of phone calls and we're all happy. We're all sitting together. And now we're just hoping the Niners give us something to cheer about. Uh, yeah, there were some reports out there and the and the price of sweets and all the insanity that oh surrounds you, navigating did you see the a Kardashian Super Bowl. suite, two point five million it was going for. That's, and then there's a yeah, I mean, they were they were I a million million and up. It was the, the, Which is the going rate. So for one game, you know, you got what, five hours and uh it's it's a little pricey to watch a football wow. game. But we're we have great <laughs> seats and we're excited and we're at least and I are excited the boys are in town, like the other brothers are because they all have their lives, you know, Luke's out there competing. Went to the senior bowl last week, he's training for the combine and, and Max is coaching with the Dolphins and Dylan is just took a job out of state and so they're all living their lives and we were hoping they could be here all week, like when they were little kids, but they, they all have their own lives. So rarely do we get them all together at the same time we'll be able to do that. So we're excited well, and, about that and, as well. And, and, well, and and you know what I mean? Look, w- without jumping the gun here, you got your whole family here, and it's very hard to get everybody together. Everybody's grown up. Everybody's got their lives. I mean, for the McCaffrey family, for you and your wife, this really has the potential of being, like, the best week ever for your family. Yeah, we're hoping so. You know, everything's so dependent on uh, the outcome of the game. But, you know, the brothers love each other. They talk every day. They're locked in, and, and uh, I know Christian appreciates everyone being here, but he's dialed in. It's like family, no family. He's dialed in doing his thing. Lisa and I will get to spend some time Saturday with the boys and uh, their girlfriends and fiancés and our friends and family. So Saturday should be really, really fun, keep us entertained until the next day when we'll all be on the edge of our seats. Zazzle, most families have like Thanksgiving to get together, right? The McCaffreys have a Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> it's we a whole miss that, right? And make it a yeah. family affair. We we don't get Thanksgiving. So like when when you're in a football family, there's no Thanksgiving, there's no Christmas, right? right? There's no holidays in the fall, and usually your vacation when you get together is after the Super Bowl. Now we're lucky enough to get together during the Super Bowl, but um, that's just the life you live when you play this sport. Have you just going to have to make more Super Bowls so the family can get together. Yeah, that would be nice. No pressure. (laughs) Have you had the conversation with Coach Mike Shanahan recently? Just like, can you believe where we are? Both our sons like this is a real thing that's happening. Yeah, uh, Mike and I are really good friends. We became great friends long after, you know, I retired and, and he retired. We started to spend more time together, but he's still my coach. Like when he talks football, he's dialed in. So, um, he loves the sport, and he obviously he supports uh, Kyle and, and the 49ers organization, but he, he's dialed in. He watches every play of every game. I, I'm still learning from him when we talk ball. So he's, uh, he'll be there for the game, and he's excited for it. We, interestingly enough, we rarely ever watch games together because we're both pretty intense when we're watching the game. He likes to stay focused. I like to stay focused, but we talk a lot about it afterwards. This one will be extra intense uh, with your sons uh, both in this thing, coaching this thing, obviously your son playing in this thing, uh, just like you once were as well for this exact same team. Ed McCaffrey, Jonathan Zaslow hanging out tonight for Ian Fitzsimmons here on Amber and Ian. Does Christian Ed still right now seek 
your advice? I mean, obviously you did win three Super Bowls as a player given at a different position, but does he come to you for advice this week on how to handle things? Or at this point, is he just kind of past all that? He's, he's a vet. He knows what he's doing. Uh, he's a vet and he knows what he's doing. And honestly, like when he was a kid, I just try not to screw it up. I'm like, please don't do or say something (laughs) stupid that screws this whole thing up. He's a good kid. He's a hard worker. He loves what he's doing. Just stay out of the way. So, I mean, we've talked, talked his whole life about football and everything else. And there's nothing left for me to say. He's a true pro. He knows how to prepare. He knows how to compete. Uh, I just tell him to go do his thing. How early are you going to get to that game on Sunday? I'm going over with all the family, so we'll just jump on the family shuttle whenever, whatever time it's leaving. I think they sent us a schedule somewhere, and uh, they have such wonderful families. I mean, some of the guys, their moms, their dads, their brothers, their sisters, there's a lot of characters, and there's a lot of parents that are doing the same thing we're doing, so we'll be hanging out with them. So whenever that shuttle is, I'm on it. That's so awesome. cool. That, it's cool that you get to do this from the family side now because yeah. you got to experience it all from the player side. And it's such a different experience now to be on the family shuttle, simple things like that, to be experiencing it from this side as a father. That's such a cool, unique thing. Ed McCaffrey, Jonathan Zaslow. It's been awesome hanging out with both of you guys.